it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Hey, it's Brandi Taylor, the business coach for beauty professionals. I help beauty pros amplify their business and take more action. I am super excited to share the Beauty Pro Mastermind with you, a group for serious beauty pros who want to find ways to continue to thrive in their business, a safe place for support, accountability, and education. This group is for beauty professionals who are ready for change in their business, understanding that commitment is required to achieve your goals. You know you need to make a move, but you're unclear and need an extra push. My mission is to empower beauty professionals and equip them to achieve their goals, bringing beauty and business together through support, education, and business resources. Register today for the Beauty Pro Mastermind at IamBrandyTaylor.com and just click on Beauty Pro Mastermind. I will also include the details in the show notes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I am super excited to share this week's episode with you. Um, This is our anniversary week. Um, We're actually celebrating one year of the podcast. So the Business Beauty Network is officially one year old, and we're going to celebrate all this week with a variety of different interviews. So there's going to be a lot of bonus episodes this week. So make sure you continue to tune back in. But on today's episode, I had the pleasure in interviewing Tiffany Vaughn. Tiffany is a CPA and the owner of Sense Savvy. We had a great conversation. We talked about, you know, how to establish your business, um, whether you should be, you know, incorporate or whether you should do LLC or sole proprietorship and what's the differences. We also talked about building business credit and personal credit and all of those awesome things. She shares some great tips and knowledge that I feel that can help any business owner. And I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. Tiffany Vaughn is a CPA and the owner of Sense Savvy. She's been a certified public accountant for 11 years with a bachelor's of arts in finance and master's of science in accounting from Michigan State University. She founded Sense Savvy in 2016. Sense Savvy is a financial literacy firm aimed at teaching individuals and small business the importance of financial management. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview and here it goes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandi Taylor, and we have an awesome guest today, Tiffany Vaughn. Welcome, Tiffany. Thank you for having me, Brandi. Excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. So, Tiffany, i like to start off with a uh, fun fact. So, tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. Oh, that's easy. I collect Barbie dolls. Really? <laughs> I do. Oh, I wow. Do. Yeah, I um I specifically collect African American holiday Barbies. So I've been okay. collecting since I've been collecting since 1997, and then I went back. So they started in '89. So I went back and got all of the Barbies from '89 until now. Wow! Wow, <laughs> that's interesting. My husband's a collector too of uh these figures like he collects figures Mm -hmm. um like uh is it star wars and different things like that and um so he (laughs) collects and sells and so yeah so i'm familiar with that type of stuff so you're i you know what i knew someone who used to do you remember the bears the christmas bears with the year on them yes (laughs) they don't make those anymore do they i have not seen those in a really long time yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but I've seen somebody collect the Barbies as well. Are you going to eventually like sell some of them or are you just really building your collection? I, well, right now I'm just building the collection. Um, I, I don't know. I thought I would, you know, pass them down and, but I have two boys, so I don't know if they <laughs> will want them. Um, <laughs> but no, right now I'm just collecting and I showcase the most current one. So I'm looking at her right now in my oh, office. Awesome. <laughs> Well, that's interesting. I can't say I've had any other uh, Barbie collectors on the podcast, so you're the first. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, awesome. So, Tiffany, I know you're a CPA. I know we were just talking about you, you know, it's busy time for you uh, during this time with tax season and everything. And also, you have Sense Savvy. So, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and what you do. 
Yeah, yeah. So um, I am a CPA. I've been licensed with the state of Michigan uh, since 2009. I own Scent Savvy. So Scent Savvy is a financial literacy firm. Uh, we offer kind of four different lines of service. Uh, first, financial planning. Uh, of course, tax preparation, tax planning. Uh, we also assist small businesses uh, with their accounting. Um, sometimes we're their accounting function. Sometimes we're a consultant advisor to them. And then the fourth line of service is life insurance because that is also a really good foundation for financial management and, and personal finances. So that's what we do. We started in 2016. I started as a blog. I would just write personal finance articles, uh, put out free tips and tools, and that has uh, grown into what, what Scent Savvy is today, where we're assisting clients and small businesses uh, under that financial umbrella. Awesome. So how did you come up with the name? So <laughs> it's really funny. So I was actually on maternity leave with my first son. And I said, you know, I want to start this business all about personal finances. And I just want people to be just savvy about their finances. And my good friend was over and she was like, yeah, you want them to be sense savvy. And I was like, absolutely. That's it. That's the name. Um, and that's how it, it came about. It's like that sometimes, <laughs> you know, it is because I know that's how I named um, my company Exquisite Looks. My husband and I, I was like, I can't think of it. It's elegant. It's not beautiful and I, I could think of the word and he was like exquisite i was like yeah that's it he was like and looks right i was like oh okay <laughs> but sometimes it's like that right it's just like you know you you'll just uh, find the name that way so that's awesome well i think it's great so have you always had an interest in like finance and stuff like that yes always finance always numbers and i remember in college telling my my science friends i was like you know one plus one will always be two. But with some of the science and theories, like it may change tomorrow, but I always know one plus one is two. So I've always been into to numbers and to, into math and I always knew I wanted to be a businesswoman. Um, so it just kind of clicked. And as I got older and had to take on responsibilities for my personal finances, it just <laughs> almost became a hobby. Um, just always, it would be so funny. I'd have my binders and looking at my credit reports every year and like making sure everything agreed and there wasn't anything incorrect. So it just kind of built from there. So, but yes, I, it's my pastime, <laughs> personal finances. Now, you know, I always wonder because I remember I did some research because I've talked to people that specialize in finance and, you know, things of that nature before. And I remember I did some research and it was saying like in America, I think uh, it, the number was very surprising of how many people who either had bad credit or didn't know what their credit was or didn't understand their credit at all. And usually I think it was like most uh, adults didn't get a handle on it or start looking at it until they were like about 30 or so. Mm -hmm. like after college and everything mm -hmm. and they get, you know, they start getting those bills, I guess. Yeah. So why do you think that is? Because, you know, finance and credit and money is so important, but it, it isn't something that's taught in schools. It isn't something yeah. that a lot of families are comfortable talking to their children about. Why do you think that is? So I think it's a couple of things that you mentioned. It's, it is not taught in schools and, you know, financial literacy, I, I believe should be one of the, the, fundamentals that are taught in school, whether that be in high school, um, in college. I do remember in college taking one personal finance class, um, but it's just very rare. Um, I also think that when you don't have that many bills that you're responsible for, it's just not something that's top of mind. Um, and also while in college, I specifically remember uh, there being like a tent outside of like a pizza place and they were saying, Oh, do you want this like free pizza? Open up this credit card. <laughs> like it was yeah. just, just so, and, and I think I just remember that saying, okay, this is how we be, how it begins. <laughs> like get a credit card for a t-shirt for a, a slice of pizza. Um, and you know, you're racking up, you, you're not taught how to use it responsibly. Right. So you're just out, you're shopping and you know, oh, I'll pay it later. 
not understanding, well, what you charge today will turn into a lot more when it's time to pay it back with interest and things of that nature. So I just, I don't think it's been taught the, the responsible use of credit, um, just credit in general. And by the time, like you said, you get older, later 20s, and you're saying, okay, what do I want? What are my goals? What, what do I want to, you know, achieve? What do I want to own? You know, um, that's when the conversation then bubbles back up. And so you say, okay, what's my credit looking like? <laughs> and then you are surprised. And you had mentioned, you know, a lot of people don't look at that. Additionally, a lot of people don't realize that your credit report could have errors on it. And, and I think the most recent figures are at least 70% of credit reports have some error, something mm. not right. Um, and that directly impacts the score. So it is very important that you're reviewing that at least annually to make sure that the information is accurate so that you have an accurate score which then drives, you know, your power to, to purchase, essentially. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of uh, business owners, a lot of times are wondering, okay, how do I get business credit? But I know the first time, the first thing you need to do is work on your personal credit, because if you're the owner, you know, they're going to look at your stuff as well. So let's talk about some of that. Yeah, yeah. So, so business credit is really good to begin to establish when you've opened a business. And why is that? So you want to keep your, your credit from your personal separate from your business because you don't want anything negatively to impact either one either way. So if potentially you are late on a, a car payment, which is personal, you don't want that negative mark to impact your, your business credit and the, the loans and and things that you get for your for your business. So you wanna separate them and establish that business credit. Um, and, and how you go about that, uh, there are a couple of, of steps to do that. So to have a separate credit profile for your business, you have to have an LLC set up. It has to have its own kind of profile separate from you. So mm -hmm. you have to have you know, an established corporation or LLC that business has to have its own federal ID number so that it is not tied to your social security number, which is your personal. So you want, you really want to separate. And then once you do that, you get a, you open a bank account in the business's name and then get a, a credit card for the business. So that's how you begin to establish. And then there's also one other, um, item, which is called, uh, the Dunn's number. Mm -hmm. So it's done in Bradstreet. And that is a nine digit number that follows the business. And it's a way that lenders or, or vendors can pull your business's credit. Um, it's a tracker. So another kind of like social security number, but for your business. Mm -hmm. um, so you want to register for that and that's free to do. So you definitely want to do that. Um, and then uh, kind of benefits of, of having business credit separate, you know, you could potentially get more favorable terms if you do need to get uh, access to financing. Um, and sometimes vendors, if you're a new business, vendors and you, you sell a tangible product, so you need to get inventory. Sometimes vendors will say, well, no, you need to prepay this in cash before we will lend you any, you know, line of credit. Having separate business credit can minimize you doing that. So not having to come up with that money up front, which in a new business can sometimes be more challenging. And then finally, just better interest rates. So similar to your, your personal credit, um, making sure that that credit is, is good so that you get more favorable rates. Yes. Now, you know, um, I coach, you know, beauty pros and this question was just, you know, asked, so one of my uh, members asked me this question recently, and I, since I have a finance expert on the podcast today, <laughs> why not ask you? Yeah. So what, what they asked me was, they were like, um, and I, I've been here, they were like, I um, opened a business account, and um, in the past, you know, I've been in business for a while, but in the past, it's been really hard for me to separate business and personal simply because a lot of times as a stylist or makeup artist or whatever, I am the money that I bring in, I need the money. So she was just asking me like, well, how do I, how do I keep it separate? Because I need that money. Like, so you're making money, but you need money to pay your bills and everything. 
I'll tell you what I told her, and then I want to get your feedback on it. So I told her, I understood where she was coming from, and I told her that I understood that she needs some of the money. So I told her she needed to have several different bank accounts for different things. Okay. And I told her that just have a business account and everything that comes through the business, have that go to that account and don't use that account for personal things. Now, if you need to pull it out, pull it out and put it in another account. But I told her just don't use that particular account for business. But I want to get like from the expert, what are some best, what are some of the ways you would suggest a business owner keep everything separate, especially when you're not making a whole lot, a lot of money that you can have everything separate. So sometimes things get mixed up there. Absolutely. Great question. Um, this is one, when I think of small businesses or people starting businesses, like number one, even before the, the formal administrative tasks, opening a separate business account is critical um, for a couple of reasons. So as you mentioned, you don't want to commingle your personal expenses with your business expenses. You want to keep that separate. You want to keep it separate for a couple of reasons. Number one, you're running a business and you want to understand the operational results of that business. You're going to start with that bank account and figuring out what's coming in, what's going out. If you have personal stuff going in and coming out, it just kind of muddies the water, if you will. So you want to keep that separate just from an operational perspective because you use that information to make business decisions. So that's number one. And then you also want to keep it separate because, you know, and we're going to knock on wood that this doesn't happen, but should you be in a position where you have, you get audited it and speaking from an auditor perspective, I've been an auditor for over a decade. Um, it just raises so many more questions when you do that, because it, now we're, we, there's a risk that, huh, if everything's coming in here, how do I know this is truly business? Or what if this is personal and you're saying it's business? It just opens up a can of worms. So you just, number one, for your own sanity, you want to keep that, keep that information um, separate. And to your question around, well, I immediately need the money, you know, to pay for personal things. That's totally fine. What I would recommend, kind of as you said, to have all the money flow through the business account and, and think of it as a, a true business where you are an employee of your business. So all the money goes into the business account and then set up like immediate transfers to personal bank accounts. Um, that way we still have a record through the business of what came in and what you made from the business activity. And then we can see you've paid yourself um, with that um, money coming out. So I highly recommend you still have a, a, a separate account for your business because we want to keep business with business um, and then just set up automatic transfers to take the money and use it for, for personal purposes. And one last thing about that, um, also, if you have a bookkeeper or accountant keeping your, your, your records for your business, it makes, and it, makes it a lot easier uh, for them to categorize the information especially if they're hourly <laughs> just think you know if it's mm -hmm. all of this uh, <laughs> information and all this activity personal and business and they're charging you hourly it's probably going to take them a little bit longer than than it could potentially so uh, just minimize that as we're thinking about cost cutting minimize that risk with keeping the the personal expenses and, and business expenses separate Right. And besides, anyway, if you have all the business stuff coming in, then you have a clearer picture as to what you're making, like how Absolutely. much money you're bringing in, how much is going out. You know, I would say you have a clearer picture, but when you have everything mixed, you it's, it's all mixed up. You It's hard to distinguish what came in from the business, what went out for the business, what, you know. Yeah. So I think yeah, that is some great advice for sure. Awesome. Awesome. So um, now we were just talking about business credit. So how important is it for you to have your credit in line when you look to start with the business credit? Like you're, you're establishing a business, you're trying to get the done number. How important is your personal credit for that? Well, definitely starting. It, it is important because when you uh, apply for, so when you open your business bank account um, and you apply for a business credit card, they're still likely going to 
use your credit at, in the beginning to, to see if you're credit worthy, right? So I, I always want to say, you know, you want to um, make sure that you are working on building your credit because especially in the early stages of starting a business, it's likely that you might have to use that uh, history to, you know, get you started with business credit. So um, I wholeheartedly agree that you need to make sure that you're working on on that personal as well. Great. So is credit repair something that you offer with your company? I do, but I don't call it credit repair. I call it credit rebuilding. And the reason I do that is because you can't really repair something that actually happened. What we can do, though, is rebuild it. So if you have had a history of, you know, later payments or not paying, you know, bills or, or loans, that typically will stay on the report. But what we want to do is create a positive history going forward. So we want to work on, okay, let's make sure that we're paying all of our bills on time. Let's make sure we're opening up uh, new trade lines to show positive pay histories and things of that nature. Um, so definitely uh, want to continue to work on on, on rebuilding, and, and that's what we offer. Now, in, in addition to the rebuilding aspect, we also review the, the reports to make sure that they are complete and accurate and, and, and free from error. So that's another part of uh, the service is reviewing, auditing, if you will, your reports and making sure from the three major credit bureaus that the information being reported and presented is, is accurate. And if it is not accurate, then that's where we go into a dispute process to get that information um, updated. Uh, so it, it, again, all directly impacts your, your credit score. So we want that information to be accurate uh, so that you can get to the best score that you possibly can. Okay, great. So can you give us three tips for rebuilding your credit? Sure. Number one, pay your bills on time. You don't have to, you know, pay more than is required, but pay them on time because that is the largest impactor of your credit score. It makes up 35% of your score. So if you don't do anything else, just pay your bills on time. Also, you want to keep your utilization below 30%. Now, what does that mean? So let's say you have one credit card and it has a credit limit of $1,000. You want to never have an outstanding balance higher than $300 on it because once you go over 30% being used or utilized, you the, the credit bureaus or lenders can look at you a little bit riskier. Just saying like you keep a lot of open debt, like it, it's a, a, a way that they kind of judge how they believe you will pay them back should they offer you or lend you money. So keeping your utilization below 30% in total, 30% in total um, is another good thing to do. And then let's see, the third thing I would say is uh, not um, applying for a ton of credit uh, often. So not applying for credit often, um, because this also could trigger some kind of risk judgments being made on, okay, why are you looking for so much or why are you applying for so many different credit cards or, or what have you? Are you not getting um, approved it just could come off as a little bit riskier so i like to tell my clients to if you're going to apply for credit um try to limit it to two to four times a year at a max so paying your bills on time keeping your utilization low and limiting the amount of, of credit you're applying for um not as frequent great tips awesome thank you for that so let's talk about, like, I want to share, I, I've shared this many times on a podcast, but I'll share it again today because, you know, other people may not have heard those episodes. But when I remember uh, a point in my business, it was one year I was getting everything together to do my taxes. So I had, I had to pull um, my business bank account and then I had to pull from Square and PayPal, you know, everywhere I was receiving my funds. 
And I remember getting everything together and I was like, wow, I didn't realize how much money I made. I did not know my numbers. Mm. And within, I know a lot of people are like this, but within the beauty community, I know there was a lot of money flowing in with hair and makeup and right. there's a lot of money, um, sometimes a lot of uh, cash money, you know, flowing in. And so I know that this is a problem that a lot of beauty professionals had, like where they're, they're, they don't even know how much money they're making a year. They don't really know their numbers and they may not even be filing taxes properly and things of that nature. This is the particular year when I decided to get an accountant and to get some help. You know, I, I you know, was started talking to CPAs and people like you, like, Hey, I don't know my numbers. Help me figure this out. So that was when I decided to look at an expert, but I wasn't, I had been in, to be completely honest, I had been in business for years mm-hmm. before I got an expert, but I finally got to a point where I was making like a lot of money, you know, and I'm like, wow, I didn't even realize I was already there. So I know there's a lot of people that uh, are going through this or have been through this. And I want to kind of like talk about when should you get help? You know, uh, when should you look? when you have your beauty business or business in general, when you have a business, at what point should you start looking at, you know, for finance experts, CPAs, accounts, at what point should you do this? Uh, My answer is going to be immediately. (laughs) You should have an accountant, a business advisor, some trusted financial advisor involved immediately. Once you decide I am going to open this business, have have a conversation at a minimum have a conversation with an accountant and the reason why i say that is because not just for working through the the admin right so saying okay what how am i going to structure my business because how you structure it has tax and accounting implications okay so that that and that conversation happens at the the beginning um, also just operationally so you mentioned you know you're getting everything together for tax season so this is you know end of the year you're getting all of your documents and that's when you realize wow i made so much money i didn't even realize it um you want to be able operationally to see when you want to see operationally having that happen throughout the year versus at the end of the year so to do that you need to have some accounting system um, set up so that you can see every month, okay, this is how much I've made, these are my expenses, what are my margins looking like, and making those operational or business decisions in the moment. Um, so I wholeheartedly agree, have a accountant, a business advisor on the front end because it will make your life so much easier. So Right, because when I was uh, apply, like uh, like getting things, uh, I was going to apply for a program, and you had to get all your paperwork. So they're like, okay, do you have your profit and loss statements? I'm like, yes. what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, your, your balance sheet. Your, right. Your, like, your yes. <laughs> and that's why um, it's definitely why you should have someone who can help you with have those things in order and everything. So I understand that now. I didn't know it then, but I know a lot of people like when it comes to finance and money and all of these things, it can be very uncomfortable for people to discuss. Yeah. And sometimes people allow pride to keep them for, from asking for help, but you yeah. can't allow pride to keep you from asking for help. You know, um, if you need help and you don't have the knowledge, it's best to just seek someone who can guide you in the right direction and help you. Yeah, yeah. And and I agree, you know, getting further along in my business, I have come to realize that, you know, personal finances and that conversation is very personal, um, almost to the point where, like you said, people don't want to to share or, or talk about it or have you in their business, um, so to speak. But I, you know, recommend even if you aren't to the place where you want to have that conversation with with someone else even if that person is you know a trusted advisor and you know they're they're not here to judge they are here to assist and help there are so many free resources that you can do some research on your for yourself um you know even my website i have lots of articles i write i put out tips and tools for kind of that that audience who isn't quite there yet to um look at or have that conversation with 
uh, another another person. Um, but yeah, it is. It's interesting how you know finances. Talking about money, it, it, it's personal. It, it's private. Um, but we really do. You know, if we want to build wealth and generational wealth as a as a community, uh, we need to have these conversations and teach each other um, how to manage money and be responsible with money. Yeah, what would be some of your recommendations for having those conversations? Because I think this is something that families should talk about early on and um, amongst each other and just in general. I don't understand why it's so hard for people to talk about their finances, to talk about where they're at with them. And um, I don't know if it's guilt or shame, like especially if they haven't handled them properly, maybe, maybe. If, if I come to you and I have terrible credit and I don't handle it, maybe you look at me a certain way. I don't know what it is, but. Yeah, I think it's all of those things. I think it's, like you said, some pride, you know, maybe a shame that, you know, I should be able to deal with this. I should be able to manage my money. I should have to have somebody tell me how to, you know, spend and save my money. And I think sometimes it's, I just don't want people to know how wealthy I am. <laughs> like, I just don't want people <laughs> Or how broke I am, right? Or how broke I am, right, right. <laughs> um, I, I think that's what really drives it. And I, I think, though, if we have that conversation, not focus so much on here is my specific case, more broader of like, okay, what are some, like kind of what we're doing now, what are some tips and tools on how to, you know, save money? Or if I want to not live paycheck to paycheck, what are some things I should be doing? What is a budget? Um, maybe kind of taking that step back and starting with those, the fundamentals, it maybe it's a it can be a more open conversation versus, okay, Brandy, let's go through, you know, comb through your expenses and, and how you manage money, more so along the lines of, okay, let's talk about what are some fundamentals of a, a personal budget or a monthly budget. These are the things you should be thinking about. Um, hopefully that will have that conversation. We can have the conversation then, um, if we approach it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I can see that. But it is interesting though. Um, I, uh, have a friend who's in finance and we've talked about it and, um, it is a, it's a touchy subject for some people for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so now you say from when you first start your business, you need to already have, you know, speak with someone, um, an accountant or a CPA when you first start your business. Uh, what are some of the main things uh, financially as a business owner, like you should do when you start your business, aside from getting an accountant and all that, what are some of the things you would, you know, advice you would give? Yes. Yes. So uh, for all of my small businesses, my self-employed individuals, I actually have kind of 10 things that I always think are super important um, when thinking about starting a business. Now, there are five, though, of those things that I think are priority, priority. So we can talk through those. Um, the first one, and we touched on it a little bit, is the legal structure. So figuring out, okay, what type of company should I be? Um, and there are really four options you have from a tax perspective. So you can be a sole proprietor, which means you and only you own 100% of your business. Um, that, that type of um, structure is, I, I'd say, probably the simplest formatted structure. So meaning from a tax perspective, meaning um, you still register your business and that the activity from a sole proprietorship is included on a form that you include with your personal return. So there's no like separate business return. You have, it's called a Schedule C, and you fill out how much money you made, all the different expenses, and that gets filed along with your, your personal return. Now then, tell me this, before yes. you go on to the next one, not to cut you off, but a sole proprietor. So do you, would you recommend that for somebody, say it's somebody who works in a salon, they pay booth rent and they just do hair. Like, so they just do hair, you know, and they pay the booth rent and they don't necessarily have like their own salon, but they just work in a salon, pay the booth rent, do hair. So they are, they, they do have a business, but it's, it's mm -hmm. just them offering a service. Is that something, um, that, because everybody seems to think that, uh, you need to have an LLC. And so that's why I just want to, want to really understand 
who is the sole proprietor? Like what type of business owner is that for? Like, would you recommend? Yeah. So it can be, it can be any type of business, but, um, so the LLC and I'll touch a little bit on later, but just talking through it now, when you're a sole proprietorship, one of the drawbacks to that is that there's no separation between your business and you. So uh -huh. thinking about, so kind of taking the, the tax piece out of it, thinking about the legal liability of it. If for some reason you are sued, um, you and your sole proprietor, your personal assets come into play. They are not protected. So any business can be a sole proprietor, but these are the things that you want to think about when you're setting it up, saying, are you willing to take that risk? Um, should something happen with the business um, that, you know, now your personal assets are, are, are up for, for claim. So um, yeah, there, but there's, you know, really no like, oh, if you're in this industry, you should be this type. It's really a, a, a personal um, financial um, decision. So, and that's why I said that one's kind of the simplest form because it's really just kind of, as you mentioned in that example, it could just be, I am self-employed. I, like you said, I do hair, I pay booth rent. Um, you're likely going to get a 1099 from the um, salon that you're working in. And that 1099 then is what is placed on that schedule C um, that I was referring to. So, so that is the uh, kind of first uh, first type of business structure. Uh, then you have um, a limited liability corporation, company LLC. So this is one level up where now I have limited, it, as it's called, I have limited my liability, meaning my personal assets are protected from the activity of the business. So if anything goes awry with the business, we, the the information or the activity and assets at stake are just the business, not my personal assets. And that's why a lot of new companies like LLC because of that added protection. Um, for an LLC though, you if, if the LLC is still just solely owned, one person owns it, you would still have a Schedule C, which is again, that form that is attached to your personal. So you wouldn't have to do a separate um, return. Now, for the, the remaining two types, you would have a separate business return. So the first one is a partnership. So if it's not just you, there are other people um, involved in the business and own the business, um, you would have to file a separate return called a Form 1065. That is a separate federal business return. And then the uh, income or the loss from that business then gets um, transfer transfer to your personal return through a schedule that they call K1. So you don't have that other Schedule C. You just get this form that says, okay, this is how the partnership did, and you just attach that to your personal return. Um, and then the final one is a corporation. And and the different the differences in the different structures not only come from a tax perspective, but also and administrative perspective so you know thinking of sole proprietor there's not probably not a lot of paperwork involved um, but as you get into these other ones you're gonna want to have operating agreements and things on file um, that really define what the business is who owns what there's a you know it, it gets a little bit more complicated if you will um, but that last one is a, a corporation or an s corporation um, which uh, works similar to a, a partnership. There is a separate return that you would file, uh, and then you would get, again, a K-1 form that says how that corporation or S-Corp did, and that then goes along with your personal return. Uh, another thing from a tax perspective, all of these have different tax implications. Um, sometimes people will choose a uh, partnership or an uh, 1120, an S-Corporation, because they have some t better tax advantages than a sole proprietor. Uh, and one of the drawbacks of being a sole proprietor is that you get taxed twice. So you get taxed from the income that you've made, and then there's this other lovely tax called a self-employment tax that you have to pay. 
um, which is typically 15%, and then you get some deductions around it, but you do get taxed twice. And some companies, as you begin to make more money, don't really like that. <laughs> so they will say, okay, I want to change, you know, the type of structure later. Um, so it, it ultimately is up to the business owner, um, but those are really the four different options you have for your business. So that's the legal structure. Also, second tip, uh, register your business and, and get a federal uh, ID number. This can be done on your state site. Each state has uh, different rules around how you register your business or if you have to register it at the state level. Uh, but definitely you want to get that federal ID number because that then drives the bank account that we talked about, establishing business credit. It has to have its own profile separate from you. Uh, we already talked about getting a bank account um, and then your accounting and record keeping. We touched already on that, making sure that you have a good system to keep records and, and two, so you can make decisions. So if you, you know, are looking, you're like, wow, my, my costs are, are really increasing. Why is that? You have that information so you can see like, oh, there was a price increase with this vendor. Maybe I should look for different vendors to cut my costs. So it, it's super important to have your records um, and your accounting up to date monthly reviewing it so that you can make good business decisions. And then finally, business insurance. Uh, so you want to make sure that you have insurance, uh, whether it's just general liability, professional liability, um, you want to make sure that your business has insurance. There are different policies. Um, they span from, you know, $300 a year um, up to depending on, you know, the different aspects of, of the policy. But I would highly recommend that as well to give you added protection should there be any legal uh, situations. Um, you have, you know, that insurance protection, just like you have, you know, personal insurance or car insurance. Um, you want to insure your business. So those are my top five. I do have 10 and I actually have a checklist, a free checklist uh, on my website that small business owners can download uh, that talks about all of the, the 10, including the five we talked about today uh, in a little bit more detail um, that they can get on my on my site. So uh, but those are my top five. Awesome. So I'm going to leave some, uh, the link so that they can go to your site and get the checklist and everything. Cause I Perfect. think that's some great information for any business owner. Perfect. Awesome. So tell us, uh, so uh, you've, you've given us some great tips and it's been absolutely great chatting with you. Tell us a little bit about the services that you offer for business owners. Yes. Yes. So I offer, so again, the lines of service I have are financial planning, tax preparation and planning, small business accounting, and then life insurance. So under the small business accounting line of service, I offer bookkeeping. So as we were talking about keeping track of records, so I uh, offer bookkeeping uh, services to different, um, different small businesses. Um, I am a uh, QuickBooks fan, QuickBooks online fan. Um, I am a certified advisor for QuickBooks, so I, I recommend if you're getting started, they have a lot of options for self-employed um, individuals and, and businesses. So um, I do that, that record-keeping, bookkeeping uh, service. I also offer tax preparation and tax planning for businesses. Uh, and then for the actual business owner, I would offer, you know, financial planning, retirement planning. We talked a little bit about credit education, credit rebuilding, um, and, you know, all aspects of, of their financial footprint. Great, great. I think um, that's awesome. Um, so tell everybody um, how they can connect with you, how they can hire you for your services and all of that great stuff. Yes, absolutely. So you can start with my website, uh, www.sentsavvy.com. That is two S's and two V's. Um, social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, my handle is SentSavvyLLC. I have on Facebook specifically not only my page for Scent Savvy, but I also have a group called Act Your Wage uh, by Scent Savvy, where daily tips, tools, conversations about uh, finances on there. Um, and then from my email, you can also contact me 
Uh, the email is contact at sensavvy.com. Again, two S's, two B's. Awesome. Awesome. Do you have anything that you have coming up or, or working on right now? Yes, yes. Uh, this past week, I launched my Sense Savvy Financial Planner. So awesome. again, another option for those who might, may not yet be to the point where they want to have the conversation with someone else. We have a financial planner that we just launched where you are your own financial planner. So within that, we have monthly budgeting tips, uh, trackers of setting financial goals. All of that is included in the planner. We just launched that, um, and then we also have uh, an upcoming some other planners, journals for all things finances. So if you're not yet at the point where you want to get into the details, but you want to just kind of keep a running list, uh, we have some journals for that also being uh, launched this upcoming week. So super excited uh, about those, those products. And again, our goal is just to make sure that we're providing um, access to financial literacy so these products really are embodying that so really excited about that go check them out they're actually on my website at the savvy shop so if you go to my website you'll see the savvy shop and you can can take a look at those items awesome tiffany congratulations on the planner that is awesome oh thank you yeah i'll make sure i leave all your links and everything in the show notes on how everyone can connect with you for sure i want to ask you the final three questions i ask everyone to come on and podcast so my first question, Tiffany, is how do you define success? Oh, wow. Okay. So I would say that I define success as a consistent, uh, continued effort uh, of achieving goals. So it's all about progress. So you know, you never stop learning, you continue to, you know, dream up new goals and, 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 and work towards those goals. Um, and it's really just being consistent about it um, and, and continuing to, to work towards those. So I, I think that's how I would define it. So as long as you know that, you know, where I am today is farther along than I was a year ago, then that is to me considered success and that you're continuing to, to work on those goals. So I think that's how I define it. Good, good. So what is either your favorite book or book that you're currently reading right now? Ooh, let's see. So I'm trying to, I'm not reading a book right now. But um, my favorite book is The Millionaire Next Door. Um, I read it in high school, and I read it probably every couple of years. Um, it was written in the mid-90s, but the information in there is timeless. And it talks all about how there literally are lots of millionaires living around you, and you don't know it because of the way that they live. Um, and it teaches you that all millionaires aren't flashy or, you know, have all of these tangible things. It's, you know, your, your, sm your small business owner <laughs> next door. Um, so I think that that's my favorite, favorite book. Um, I've, I've heard of that one before, but I have not read that one. So that's one I'm going to put on my list. Yes. Yep. The Millionaire Next Door. Thanks. So what's either, what's your favorite tool that you or app that you love to use in your business? So my favorite tool is my monthly uh, financial planning software. Um, so it, it, there's an app with it as well. Um, so I partnered with a company called Right Capital. And what we provide is a, an online or app financial planner. Um, you put in, it is your complete financial life. So you start with, okay, here's how much money I'm making today. Here are my future goals. I want to take a vacation every other year, and this is how much I'm going to spend on it. It embodies all of it. Um, I want to retire at age whatever. Um, and you put everything in it, and the tool will track and, and tell you how you're doing against those goals, how you're doing with paying down debt. It also, it, it also has included in there um, a tax uh, planner. Uh, so it, it it, it's amazing. So that I think that's my, my favorite tool right now. I use it for my family. 
Um, and it's, it's really funny because you can say, okay, what's the probability that I can retire tomorrow? And <laughs> it will, it'll, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's, it's, a uh, it's a great tool. Um, and awesome. I, and that's my yeah that's my favorite right now <laughs> oh great great did you send me the link to that if not make sure i get the link to that tool for sure yep yes i will send that to you it's all everything is all on my website so if you go to my financial planning page it has all of this uh on there as well but i'll definitely send a, a direct link thanks i appreciate that well tiffany i really appreciate all of your great tips and information that you shared today um what is one thing that one bit of advice you would give a, uh, you know, a beauty professional or a business owner that may be struggling in their finances or unsure or unclear, what's some advice that you would give? The, I think what I would say is if they're struggling from a, a business perspective, really to just sit down and even at a, a minimum, just in a notebook, maybe a sense savvy planner or journal, write down when you uh, make money, write it down. And when you spend money and keep your receipts, even if that is your, that is your start, just tracking what's coming in and what's going out on paper would be the start because that will really help you determine kind of where, where you're going and where, where things are maybe not where you want them to be. You can kind of pinpoint or identify, oh, well, this is why I'm, you know, spending X number of dollars. So I would say start there. Just keep track, write it down. Don't need a fancy app or software. Just get a notebook and just start writing it all down. Great advice. So just start writing it down. Just write it down. Keep track. Thanks, Tiffany Vaughn, everybody. Make sure you check her out. I'll leave all of her information in the show notes. And as always, stay great and we are out. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. Make sure you subscribe. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I want to hear from you. Email me at info at businessbeautynetwork.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and Facebook at I am Brandy Taylor. I want to connect with you, so let's stay connected. And remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.